I'm Dustin Zahn, and this is Trainwrecks. I'm back with another new episode. Uh, things got a little crazy for me last week. It was a little busy with the studio schedule and with traveling. But the good news is that uh, you're going to get another episode right away next week instead of the usual uh, bi-weekly shindig that I've been going with. This show is sponsored by my bank account. If you dig it, kick a few bucks back to my label, Enemy Records, uh, or come to one of my shows, whatever. Uh, It all makes its way back to me. And uh, also, don't forget to spread the word. I mean, subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, share it on Facebook. You know the drill. I have a lot of records out lately, uh, so I need to promote them. My latest one is a record with Joel Mull. It's called Way of the Wild. It's out on Parable, and uh, let's be honest, I've been pumping that one for too many episodes now, but hey, it's working, Uh, it's doing really well, and uh, I don't mind bragging about that for a minute. Um, Devious One, he recently released all the exclusive tracks from his Fabric Mix. I'm on there. Scoop it up from Hard Wax if you dig vinyl. The Digital Kitties can scoop it up from Devious One's Bandcamp page. Um, I think it's deviousonemistress.bandcamp.com. Otherwise, Google, that'll work. Uh, one more last little bit of uh, self-promotion. Saturday, April 28th in Minneapolis. We're doing a big-ass rave party. It's the Intellifunk 20-year anniversary, and this time we've got headlining DJs from start to finish. It's an all-American rodeo with ambivalent, Carl Meyer, hyperactive, Justin Long, Danny Lehman, and uh, myself and Centrific are on after-party duty for those of you left standing, and it's going to be a face melter. Come visit Minneapolis. Come for the music, stay for the food, leave before the mosquitoes come out. This week, I have one new guest and one returning guest. Eric Claudier makes his second appearance on the podcast. He's a very talented DJ with a relatively new record label called Palanoia. And uh, if you're curious to find out more about him, tune into a previous episode that he joined me for uh, as we kind of, you know, chart his rise to where he's at now. And our second guest is Gabriela Vergilov. Uh, she's making her Trainwrecks debut. She's a Bulgarian DJ and producer who has released her first vinyl on my label this week. It's called One Step Ahead. And it also features remixes from myself, Cosmin TRG, and Ian Lehman, a.k.a. Doubt. Speaking of Doubt, myself, and Gabriella, we all featured on Devious One's Fabric Mix. Her track on there is called Boring Shit. Check it out. And she's also releasing it on Eric's record label soon. So you see what I did there? I got some clever cross-promotion shit going on. Look for that release early this summer. And finally, she has a third release coming also this summer on Lenny Paso's Thema recordings. So I guess it's a bit obvious that you hear quite a bit from Gabriella over the next year. All right, let's do it. Enjoy the show. Thank you both for coming on the show here. Uh, Eric's second time back. Gabriella, it's her first time. Hello. Hi, <laughs> Eric. Hi. Yeah, uh, so it's Easter Monday morning. Thanks for coming out so early. I think I've done one other podcast this early. It was with Ryan Elliott. And I mean, that, that dude's always up early. I mean, I get up super early anyway. Yeah. But he's he's on it, running <laughs> around, doing marathons and shit. Yeah, he does like 10K and at like 5 in the morning. Yeah, so it's kind of uh, kind of weird to be up this early, but we'll make it work. 
Well, we didn't go out last night. That's true. Well, that's for later. But still, that didn't really stop me from wanting to sleep late. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I slept in too. I'm not a morning person, but uh, it feels good actually to be up. Early. Yeah, I'm actually impressed that she's here. I can't get her to answer the phone before <laughs> two or three in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but um, let's talk about you for a minute, Gabriella, because uh, a good part of the reason that you're here and also Eric is teaming up is because you got a bunch of records coming out and both on our labels, among others. Ooh. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I'm very excited. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, you're in Berlin currently because you played Friday night That's in, right. uh, at Arena, yeah. at the dystopian party. Yeah. Uh, how was that? Uh, it was quite good. Well, um, the most important thing, I guess, not only for me, but for everyone is to receive uh, great feedback from, from the people on the dance floor. And I've been actually missing that because now I live in Brussels, uh, Belgium, and I I I play there quite often. Um, uh, and the scene in Berlin has always been very special because I, I can feel people being all in for the music and I could feel their bodies moving constantly without without stopping. And, you know, that, that makes you feel like you're doing a good job. And especially if at the end someone comes and tells you a good word. It was a good night. Uh, although um, I think Berlin is a little bit empty because of Easter at the moment. Um, expected a little bit more people, but I'm very grateful. I think. Well, we were talking. I agree. I think they all wanted to go out last night. On I think, yeah, I think Friday night people were like, "I'm going to save myself," yeah. and then start going out Saturday to yeah, because they got Monday off. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, everything shifted a date. Like Berghain isn't until tonight. Eight. Yeah, which is rare. It's just super rare that it's it's going to be interesting on Tuesday morning when people are trying to go back to work. Exactly. All the Muppets are. But <laughs> strolling down the street. <laughs> totally. But that sounds like you had a good time. And yeah, I have to agree that, like, I don't know, Berlin is still one of my favorite places to play, regardless of what party or club, because, you know, you don't really have to worry about uh, one record sending all the people to the bar. Mm-hmm. No matter what, they'll still be there. Exactly. They might not be happy with you, but they'll still be there. They'll still stay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which stands for something. But um, you're also making records, like I said. Uh, this week, the record on my label is coming out called, uh, reach out to me for me. <laughs> One step ahead. That's what it's called. <laughs> I'm always messing stuff no, up. No, it is because I, I, I think it is because you like reach out to me the most. Oh yeah. That's probably it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is out, uh, just, uh, it is out this week and, uh, finally we've been facing a little bit of delays. Yeah. And I have been very impatient, and Dustin knows that, and Eric knows that. <laughs> and because it's my first records, uh, like I physical records, I uh, before that I had uh, one record with um, uh, with uh, with Tema. It was digital though, so it was a quite different story. And um, I just didn't know what to expect. And as a very typical uh, impatient person, I just ask a lot of questions because I I want to know stuff. And the record is coming out this week. So, yeah, better be prepared. <laughs> right on. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's got remixes from myself, uh, Cosmin TRG, and Doubt. So, pretty big package. And then, uh, shortly after, got something coming up on Eric's Palanoia label. Yep. But when that's going to be, I think, now, like, June. June now. Yeah. Okay. So, it's, it's every, I mean, we we're about to go through, or just did go through Record Store Day. And that mm-hmm. just screws everything up. Cause Big time. 
everybody wants to press their limited whatever and it's i don't know if yeah. anybody needs a well, they want to do like Joy Division represses and Which like the, come on. Taylor Swift uh, a vinyl. It's like, do vinyl. we really need to have those? Yeah. The one that was, because there's a list of everything that's coming out on Record Store Day. I didn't look at it this year, but last year, the one that cracked me up was the bubblegum pink seven inch of Barbie Girl. Oh, man. Which was like, who really oh, la, la. honestly is buying this shit? <laughs> but you know it probably sold. It's sold tons. out. Yeah, it's sold course. out. But it was like. This is why I can't get my records pressed on time. Is because somebody is pressing a thousand copies of Barbie Girl on said pink seven inch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that's the thing. Like also, you know, with her record, there was a little bit delay, and now distributors are kind of starting to scramble again because it feels like every few years there's a a new. There's always a bottom. Well, and then there was <laughs> there was just that article that just came out that said like physical sales like outsold digital sales for the mm-hmm. first time in years. So now it's like, obviously, people are back into having a tangible copy. And well, the other part of it though is the people that who were buying digital stuff are now streaming it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you don't need to buy it. Yeah, what's the point in buying whatever for for ten thing? bucks a month or whatever? You can go to Spotify, and Spotify just has pretty much, pretty much everything. everything now. I really, <clears throat> I hate Spotify, but I have a Spotify account now, and it's like I don't know. I've... I don't. You don't have it? No. I enjoy it. Not yet. I really enjoy it because it does turn me on to some good stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of good options. The reason I got into it is because, like, if we're talking about something on a podcast, like an old song, like, oh, man, your first inclination is go to YouTube and find the video, right? Mm-hmm. Reality is YouTube doesn't pay shit for, uh, like, video spins for music. Right. I mean, like, if you are, uh, what do they call them, YouTube casters or, or yeah. whatever? Those guys can potentially make a lot of money, and they're doing ad revenue and subscriptions and everything. But but just click and play, and a yeah. track does nothing. Not really. Whereas Spotify still rips you off, but not as badly. So <laughs> those fractions of a cent you get. Yeah. But uh, so speaking of which, uh, are you is your label on Spotify? Or not no? yet, but I think okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna push everything. I'm gonna like I've been trying to be like I'm gonna do vinyl only, but yeah, it's just not a realistically intelligent it's hard it's really difficult so i bit the bullet it's on spotify so her record will be on there uh, all right i'm i'm gonna probably sign a week up after for spotify this. yeah that's right it's worth the 10 bucks a month <laughs> there it's you go fine. uh and we did not this is not an advertisement for it. Yeah. <laughs> spotify if you're listening <laughs> we'll take the sponsorship money but um so let's let's get back to gabrielle for a minute here you're talking uh you played a dystopian which is kind of more of a techno event more or less but your style kind of rides the the fine line between house and techno i wouldn't really everybody says electro right now and i'm so tired of hearing the word electro but like little <laughs> elements of that i guess like um, arpeggiators and stuff yes but. it's because i love that shit <clears throat> sorry <laughs> there's not i love electro too don't get me wrong I'm just tired of... Uh, no, sorry. I, I love arpeggiator and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> yeah. So, which doesn't necessarily refers to electro, but um, um, I do like the style and uh, sometimes I do include tracks in my sets. Yeah. Um, but probably it is because um, I listened to early electronica from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, my father introduced me to a little bit of it. Um, nothing really special. Um, and I, I believe it kind of got stuck in me, uh, that spacey sound, because I really connected mm-hmm. to, you know, to the cosmos and space and stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, the record uh, on Enemy is a crossover, um, which doesn't necessarily mean that um, that 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 I that I play all the time the crossover thing. Yeah. Um, but mostly that happens. Um, I like um, dark and rather edgy hard house um, and um, more of a stripped back techno, trippy stuff. Um, so that's what it happens in my sets. Yeah. I mean, I, I also noticed that too because Eric had sent me your record and we were talking and it's like the, the contrast between the different APs mood-wise. They're totally different. Yeah. yeah. But you can still hear her, you know, signature kind of in both records. Of course. Which is cool. Thank you. Well, I mean, the thing is, is it's really hard to develop a um, like identity. a signature identity uh, so early on. And I mean, I think, of course, it's still, you're developing it because it's, it's early. But I think it stands out more already than a lot of people. A lot of people are just copycatting somebody else and exactly. making shit versions of something you know? that's popular. But and then I actually had a couple times people write me in the on the show and they're like, "Well, how do you know when you found your sound or your signature?" And I don't think you know. You just wake up just, one day and it's there. Like that's my thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you wake up uh, one day with it. I think uh, you kind of carry it all the time. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, you realize it. I guess is what I'm saying. Like after a while, like, oh, this is what it has been. Well, it's something that you always lean to when you're working on music. It's just like... I can't answer that question, really. It's very... I I, I really can't like judge my own work. It's very... Uh, um, it, it's an unknown, unknown uh, uh, area for me. Yeah. Know what I mean? But there is one thing that um, I can definitely refer to, and that's um, 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 the New York, the New York, uh, the New York scene, like... Joey Anderson, Levon Vincent, and DJ Q, these guys, uh, when I started making music, I listened to them a lot. And I'm quite of a newcomer. I'm quite quite of a new artist and also DJ. And um, I had to catch up with what I missed out on quite fast, if you know what I mean. And I've been a little bit of... <laughs> a little bit of a fanatic about Joey Anderson's style. Um, and I think three years ago, I sent music to one of my friends, Patrice Scott from Systrom, Systrom Recordings, Detroit. And I never mentioned Joey to him. And he said, well, your music is quite different. It's quite interesting, uh, a little bit eclectic. And then he came back to me again. He said, you know what? It actually reminds me of Joey Anderson, which for me was a big compliment, you know. Mm -hmm. And that comes simply from the fact that I listened to that shit so much that at some point I kind of implicated it on my own thing, but I never copied it. Yeah. Um, I think I just have fallen fallen in love a little bit with, you know, with his productions and uh, that uh, that kind of uh, left, a, left a mark on, on, on my own thing. I I mean I can see bits of that for sure, and I, I love bit. the whole uh, yeah a little bit. I'm really into all those guys too. You know what I mean? Um, They've got a pretty underground <clears throat> uh, quality kind of sound, just that and everything. They got a unique sound. Yeah, it's kind of well, like beat downy raw. Definitely, but I well I think Joey did some stuff recently on Deck Mantle, and Fred mm -hmm. P's been around a bit, but it doesn't seem like it's prolific as much as it used to be. But well, there is some truth in that, yeah. 
Maybe. I, mean, I guess no, that's not true. I mean, Levon did an album also, and he's done a couple. Stuff. Yeah, so, so was that one that he just gave away for free? We did. He actually gave away both for free. Oh, he did. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> which is an interesting concept. Like the, the digital's free, but the vinyl you got to pay for it. Not everybody could get away with that, though. <laughs> if I did that, they would steal the album and still not buy my record. So <laughs> that's what people do anyways. So. Yeah, exactly. But um, and then also. On top of both of our records, you have one coming out for Lenny Paso's label, Thema. Yeah, that's right. Um, we hope it's going to come out uh, around maybe June or something. Well, then I'm going to move mine again. Well, <laughs> yeah, you, you guys, you got to like, uh, you got to kind of coordinate it between each other. Uh, so that's going to be, I think that's going to be quite quite of a techno from my side. That's the one that has the track <clears throat> that was on Zach's. Yeah. The best ones. Uh, yeah, that's Fabric right. mix, right? Yeah, that was uh, the one that had the boring shit tune. Um, <laughs> what a title. <laughs> yeah. Really feeling that one, aren't you? <laughs> no, it's very funny because uh, I I made that track as a joke. It, it was a joke, you know. It was just like, <laughs> you know, uh, <clears throat> I kind of got fed up with people telling me, your sound is different. And I was like, what does different mean? Okay, describe like, it, tell you. me. I'd be like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I said, thank you, awesome. But I was like really sick and tired of hearing that. And I said, well, really? So I can't make one single techno, like techno tune. Is that true? And I kind of challenged myself one night. Um, and I started just messing around. And, and I literally said, said it loud to myself. Oh, <laughs> and suddenly that was it you know you mean the process of making it or what yes, well i mean everybody yeah, yeah, has a yeah, way yeah, of exactly. titling it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but like mine are like, worse. What am I like, doing here? like what was that track i was wearing was yeah. it turd sandwich yeah, yeah. let's go yeah. back to turd sandwich <laughs> ass to mouth huh? yeah. mm-hmm. but you don't call theoretically you don't call it that when you put it out but no yeah. but uh well i i decided to stay with it because it kind of sounds a little edgy and i like that thing and uh, considering the fact that we also live in this era where unfortunately you know women are not taking not taking very seriously i was like you know what big deal it's gonna be boring shit so uh <laughs> yeah right on um but in, you know you're part of the the group that's trying to change that honestly i'm not trying to change anything well, but i mean like you're you are actively out there trying but, to get bookings make records yeah yeah well i like that i always wanted to be involved with music um I never saw myself as a DJ, first of all, not even a producer. Um, I I just wanted to sing, but uh, I was not ballsy enough when I was, you know, when I was in precious age, when I was supposed to go to singing classes. So instead of that, I did piano for many years and that kind of helped me. And then in in the process of growing up, I, I kind of found myself um, and then I discovered on the underground and it how was it. that i mean you gloss over that but like did you end up at a club or a rave party or? um because i met you when you lived in berlin for like what was it a, a year or something like no that? i think it was actually two and a half years oh two, wow maybe two and a half years yeah because i left berlin one and a half year and i was still not very not very settled <clears throat> while we met I discovered music um, by going out, basically, um, in Bulgaria, in the capital, Sofia. I moved from my small town to Sofia to city, and um, we were just this this gang of going and 
discovering places. We listened to a lot of disco, a lot of hip hop stuff, and then suddenly there was this um, uh, there was this promoter called Metropolis, for which I believe you played once. Yeah, yeah, New Year's, that was fun. Yeah, so they they basically do the stuff in there, and they invite a lot of big you know big names, and um, I've been going out to their raves and just discover the sound. Um, like Plastic Man played for them, uh, Luke Slater, Jeff Mills, Sven Vat, and I liked it. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was. Uh, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> was, was there someone that kind of like blew your mind wide open one night? We're like, okay, this is this is it. Um, when was it? I think um, maybe ten years ago or so. Um, yeah. Richie Richie Horton did the Plastic Man show, so I was quite impressed with that, I have to say. Um, and I like that. I, I, I love the sound of Plastic Man. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't... We're from the around. Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can do a whole podcast. Yeah, on we're obsessed yeah of course. So. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. And then, uh, so kind of the rest is history, right? Yeah, the yeah. rest is history. Did you... But when you came to Berlin, was it for the music or just other personal stuff or... Yeah, well, I started playing out and making music in Copenhagen. I lived there for six years, uh, and that's how I actually got to know DJing. Uh, and I had small bookings here and there. I also played for uh, for the, the local best club, Culture Box. Uh, in the beginning, I played in the bar, which is outside of the club. They didn't have any promotion. They never promoted the event. So basically, you know, nobody knew that I was playing. And so many times I played literally for me, myself and I, my best friend, my Man. brother and her, his and uh, his girlfriend. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Yeah, that, you yeah. got to earn those stripes though. Exactly. I've played so many empty dance floors playing in like shitty bars and taco restaurants and all that <laughs> when you first start out and then... It's like finally, fuck, like a house party was a big deal, and then it was all raves and clubs and all that. But we all start yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I played so many shit bar. You played for just the bartender. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel you, brother. So yeah, in Berlin, um, I came here to 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 become the person that I, the artist that I wanted to become. But at some point, um, instead of focusing on music, I actually, I was working like 16 hours a, a day. And um, I had to, I had to spend two hours like going out of home, going, going to, to my job, coming back. So it was like quite of a stretch, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find the time basically to to make music. So I felt pretty trapped and quite like in a way um emotionally and artistically raped because I was not able to do what I love in the city that I came for, you know. So yeah, I said that'll happen. Yeah, and I said <laughs> gotta pay them bills. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it was not that I got 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 drowned in the city and you know became this impossible raver that couldn't get a hold on to 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 go back home if you know what i mean it was completely the opposite so um and then i started going to brussels um and i met my my partner and he said something very interesting to me he always gives me support uh and he said well Berlin is a wonderful place for you to be, and it's the mecca of 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 the underground at the moment techno. But 
you don't just go to Hollywood with a with a short movie. And no, I was exactly. like, and I was like, this is spot on. And you know, then just circumstances happened, and then I moved to Brussels, and I was, well, I would rather keep Berlin as a special place for me, you know, uh, something extraordinary, something exclusive, you know, and return there also as something nif- different to the uh, to to the city mm-hmm. and to the to the to the local scene rather than some Keep something yes because you guys you already have a name but i at least back then didn't and now i'm shaping it so yeah. i think it's quite i would i would be really disappointed if i had to be one of the thousands of people who have the same exact dream and wishes so I said, um, I'm, I'm, I do a step back in order to make one step ahead yeah. a little later. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. Like a lot of people, yeah, they come here and they party their ass off. Well, everybody comes Everybody here. pumps here and parties yeah. their ass even, off. Even the, even the, the sober people, they, they fall into that. And then six months to a year later, like, okay, time to get serious. But either two things happen. One, it's too late. It's too late. You partied your ass off too much. Or B... Like she said, you end up taking a job to pay the bills, and then you're no longer a musician. You're just like, I'm working. I'm a barista that makes music on the side. That, or you're in IT or something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not talking shit because I have friends that do that. But I mean, just like you realize like, whoa. And uh, John Hester was like that. He he moved to Europe a long time ago to to kind of do this DJing thing. And then he just kind of got caught up in, in working. And then finally when... He just put his foot down. He's like, now he's working his ass off in the studio and he's playing all over he's the playing place. playing all now. the time. Yeah. So um, it's it's really easy to get caught up in that. I did that Hello, in the States John. for a while. Yeah, hey, John. <laughs> but um, yeah, so what, what's been up with you, Eric? It's been about, I don't know, I guess a year since you were on the show. Bring it on. I think it was a little over a year ago. You had just announced the label, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so, because that's even longer then. Uh, no, I mean, I... Well, since the last time I was here, I got married, so that consumed. Congratulations! That yeah. consumed a bit of time, um, but then yeah, I had a really busy December and January, and then February was pretty quiet. So I've just been sitting and working on music because, you know, it's been shit weather here, and you don't want to go outside when it's minus twelve and windy and mm-hmm. raining. So I've just been knuckling down in the studio, and I finished up a bunch of tracks in the last couple of weeks and sent them out and. I'm just focusing on that. Right on. Just trying to make it, as we discussed before we hit record, <clears throat> trying to set it up so when the summer comes and it's nice out, I don't have to like stress out that I'm not finishing yeah. music because I've got like a whole bunch of things already finished that are just waiting to be put out. That's the ideal way to do it. That's. I mean, Berlin summers are pretty nice when they're nice. Mm-hmm. Last year didn't count. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But uh, I yeah, because I think I, I talked to someone the other day, and apparently we're both on a compilation. I don't think I can say it on air right now. But uh, supposedly you turned in a track. I did, and they're still waiting on me. <laughs> I think I'm I thought I was going to be the last one. I'm the last one. So oh man, that's why I'm not really sure if I'm going to go out tonight because it has to be done this week. <laughs> yeah, so. I was told that it was due, and. I think it was due yesterday. I think like, it was due last week, day, or yeah. like Friday or something like that. But I uh, see. I thought I was going to be the last one. Yeah, <sighs> makes me feel so. Much <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have two compilation tracks where I'm like at the back of the 
the list like dude what's going on with you well i there was two compilations that i submitted tracks to the one that we're both on and then the second one and i didn't think i was gonna get either one done because i had tracks that i was like finishing mm-hmm. but i had this like i've had this thing for the last like year where i'm trying to form like the perfect album yeah so luck. i keep like making <laughs> these tracks i keep making these tracks and then like hoarding them you know so it's like yeah. no no i'm gonna this is gonna be saved so i'll make a new one for you guys and then finally, it was just, I'm going to keep starting these things and then hoarding them further. So I'm never going to get yeah. anywhere. So I might as well just admit that I can keep making more and just put the ones that are finished out. Yeah. So I just, that's what I did is I gave the two that I originally had planned. Yeah. And it was like, okay, they're done. Great. Out of sight, out of mind. Ready to come out. And that's fine. So Totally. I mean, remixes are a great way to come up with originals for later on. I've done that many a time because I like, start noodling with the the stems and stuff like that and it's like mm-hmm. oh this is actually a good idea let's shelve this for something else yeah well like i did a I did a remix last week and it's um the label's a bit more i don't know what the word is to say i don't want to say like beat party or something but a bit more like new um big roomy mm-hmm. and the remix i ended up doing was like way more like not really lo-fi, but like a shitty sounding purpose maker record. And I was like, well, this is cool. I'll play the hell out of it, but it doesn't fit for that label. So I just cut the samples and left it as original. So now I got to start over on that remix. But I was working on a remix. The other day, and I finished it actually that I don't know how, but it, it ended up going into this like really after party house vibe. Mm-hmm. And it was like an original the techno track. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to send it and see what they say. Mm-hmm. Like if they say no, I'll take the stems out and making my own track but they were they loved it and i i'm so glad but like awesome it's totally the opposite which in a way that's kind of what a remix is supposed to be but think so though i mean that there's there's two schools of thoughts with remixes the the original remixes were was basically just the channels rearranged right and then there's people who think like i want you to give me an original track and i want you to put my vocal sample on top of it which I'm but that's what do, the, yeah. I'm not going to do that either. Totally. But I mean, that's what a lot of people expect these days. They don't want a remix. They want the original track, and then they want you to fit Redone. their shit in. It's like ghostwriting in a way. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I have actually a few remixes coming out. Um, this what is it? Spring now. Aside from <laughs> from hers, of. yeah. But um. Usually I'm not doing a lot of them because it's like when you do get the remix parts, unless they're really killer parts, it almost becomes more of a nuisance. I've had a couple of people send me parts for a remix and I haven't agreed to it yet. I'm like, let me listen to the parts. <laughs> yeah. and, and then I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. This is literally nothing here. And I'm not going to stress myself out. Yeah. Gabrielle, have you done any remixes yet or? Not yet. No. But I'm open for suggestions. They're That's fun. right. I think they're fun because you've, you've already got the bones of something. Instead of having to come up with something completely from scratch, you've yeah. already got bits and pieces that you can mess around with. Mm-hmm. And it kind of leads to... If they're good. If they're good. Yeah. Or you get really creative with effects chains and stuff I like that. I would love to. Yeah? Yeah. Well, there you go. So if people, if you Anybody like it... they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, $1,200 and a remix yeah. could be yours. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, somebody I know that they, they were asked to do a remix and... They were asked to invoice for it, and the the guys sent the wrong invoice, 
So the other person on this EP that was doing the remix, they, they swapped them. So my friend saw what the other person was getting oh, paid. Oh, no. And it was 4,000 euro for a remix. Holy shit. <laughs> and, he, it, like, and I think my buddy was asking like 500. Oh, and he God. was just like, um, okay, I think we need to renegotiate here. <laughs> oh, if you're paying that guy four grand. Oh, man. You know, so it was just, that's. That's the thing, though. You know, it's tough to know what to ask for. I mean, there's definitely times I did some pretty big remixes in the past where I asked way too little. Yeah, like, it's hindsight. Panties too little, you know. And but at the time for me, I thought that I was asking for a lot, yeah. you know. But really, I could have asked for like three, four times more, you know. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, well, yeah, yeah, you can always just start high and work your way back. Yeah. I mean, like. Uh, a lot of these people you talk to, some of their biggest remixes, they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't even get paid for that. I did it for fun or whatever. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was uh, just an, yeah. something else to put out, and it's a new exactly something new project. I mean, you got to look at it as, as not only being part of your discography, but promotion to for, of course. get those bookings and shit that all the kids want these days. <laughs> it's all PR. But I mean, that's the other part. I get really tired of people that only want to make music to to get gigs, you know. And I mean, hey, that's a good. Well, everybody likes to get gigs, but <laughs> yeah. to make music only for that is bullshit. And I think that's also kind of one of the things that I like about Gabriella's music is that she actually has fun making it. It's kind of like part of her. I don't know, not daily regimen, but like yeah, well. A, um... I think um genuine hobby. <laughs> yeah, um I think it's more than just a hobby. Um as I said, I always wanted to do it, you know. Um and <clears throat> now I have the chance to actually, you know, express myself. Uh I mean, obviously I'm not a singer and I'm I'm not going to have a career as a singer, but as I wanted, <laughs> but um I can actually I can actually create a song which makes me feel very good about myself if you know what I mean. Um and it's 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 just something that I hope of course I am good in. Um and of course I will invest everything to become even better. Um so that's all I can do and it's the best thing I can do. So you know, I go for it. Some people are great lawyers. Some people are great, I don't know, like teachers and shit like that. So I think I'm good in making music. Uh, my music, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to classify anything or generalize or say anything whatsoever and judge my work. I'm just good at making in making my own music. And what you hear today is all I'm capable of. Of course, there is so much room for it's improvement. It's always a growing exactly. Thing. It's so much move for improvement. So we can only make like the same track so many times. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that you gotta change it. You up. gotta change it up and like just challenge yourself and just be like, "Fuck yeah. it, today I'm gonna make a broken beat track." Yeah, whatever. but she's she's still in this early part of writing where it's like you can see progression from each track and also all that. Like for me, I kind of plateaued a while ago, so now it's like. <laughs> I need to really try hard to like either make it sound better or have a more interesting idea or, or keep just myself do a whole interested. different new project. Well, that's happening too, you know. But I mean, yeah, I guess I, I I miss that period where it's like every time you turn on the computer or drum machines or something, you're like learning crazy shit. I mean, I'm learning a lot of shit now too, but like, you know, learning what a filter is or just the most rudimentary stuff. Uh, I wish I I, I kind of like 
was so ready to get out of that period, and now you kind of miss it. I, th- I think parents have that with kids. They're like, oh, my kid grew up too fast. <laughs> they always say they want more, and I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, working on music, you gotta you gotta push yourself in some capacity. Or like, I don't know. I I listen to a lot of ambient stuff lately. And I'm just constantly like, fuck it. And I'm going to figure out how to make some weird-ass ambient or like Boards well, of Canada sound shit. You push black keys on the keyboard <laughs> and turn on the reverb. No, no, I know what you're saying, though. Um, that's the thing. I, I think uh, even if you're doing it just to to learn, like if you make an album for yourself or just to mm-hmm. give to your friends, even if it doesn't come out, like it's still a, a cool project to yeah. do and can really uh, change everything for, let's say, techno or house or or whatever you know um do do well you said you kind of were curious about doing an album yeah i mean i've had that in the back of my mind but i work slow and yeah i change my mind a lot so let's say (laughs) you're not opposed to it basically no i would like to at some point but i want it to be because there's a lot of people out there that do albums yeah and it's just like you could have just made three EPs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, totally. It's just that's it's just all techno shit. Yeah, I mean, and and that's what I did for mine. But I I was I decided like it's gonna be that because it's drum code. You know, people don't go to drum code to listen to uh, you know they're not whatever, expanding experimental their mind. music. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and I know Gabrielle, you'd probably be down to do an album at some point, right? Oh, definitely. <clears throat> I even have. Uh... I even have the ideas already uh, written down on a piece of paper. <laughs> no, um, I actually have tracks for an album, uh, which album will be very conceptual. I don't know when this album will see the light, um, but it's um, it's just a matter of, of, of the right timing because, because I really believe the timing of, you know, of my, my work and my music. Um, so it's going to be conceptual, as I said, a lot of electropop and synth-pop stuff <clears throat> so far, a little bit of grunge, a little bit of new wave. Um, so yeah, nothing housey, nothing nothing techno-ish. And I'm polishing it, polishing it at the moment. And when the, right times, when the right time comes for it, it will probably face reality and releasing. But for now, I'm just working on EPs and releasing more the crossover house and techno shit <laughs> that we talked about. Right on. I think it's a good, um, good world to be in, though. I mean, Eric kind of shares the same sentiment. That's the bad orange juice. You want to pick the other one up. I'm I got being... Eric making me mimosas here. Yeah, I'm being a little <laughs> distracted right now. That this is part of the show, man. It's never really been that professional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I approached this meeting very professional. Yeah, as you, you did. Can tell. Yeah. I even woke up on time. Yeah, which is crazy. It is true. But um, so I mean, yeah, like conceptual album, writing the. Whoop, thank you and cheers. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> um. But when it comes down to writing that line of between house and techno, is there one that you sort of lean a little bit more towards? Like for me, it's techno, but I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I love both. You know? Yeah. For you, it's techno. And for me, it's also techno. No? Um, I, I, I always liked the, I, I've been always, always very intrigued by this dark matter, this, you know, this, this a little bit of the hard side, you know, this music. So that's what I'm leaning more to. 
mm-hmm. uh, I guess. And I think with each record that is coming out, um, my sound will become a little more harder, a little more harder, but it will never be hardcore. That is for sure. It will. It will. Uh, she says that now, but we're gonna re- we're like listen back to this in five years. She's got that. Like, no, I was always into hardcore. She's got that Gabber record that's being played. Not really. No, no. I mean, I really stand for what I am. Let's put it this way. I like to hear melodic, rhythmic music that also has, you know, that also brings a lot of emotions out of me. You know, and that also contributes with emotions uh, towards myself so i like it trippy and sensual yeah and uh, even to, to a certain extent fragile yeah if you like or delicate yeah delicate. kind of light-footed yeah. i mean i think that's kind of what keeps it interesting too is because uh, you know eric can attest too. like there's so much just monotonous dark techno out there oh i'm just as responsible man i put him out my share of it too but like we play it too like yeah every once in a while it's got a moment yeah but when there's too much i mean sometimes yeah when i've gone out and it's like we're on hour six of basically the same record yeah but you know it really depends (laughs) on where you play like uh i played two weeks ago in germany in munich and uh you kind of play like a little bit of everything at this party because it was called Butter. It's like another sort of... Uh, butter. <laughs> it's a gay party. Um, but it's like you can play deeper techno. You can play a couple housey bits, whatever, party music. And then the, this past weekend I was in Madrid and it's like when you're in Spain, man, they just want it. Well, Barcelona is different. That's like Ibiza in the winter. But like Madrid <laughs> is just like fucking... They want it slamming. Yeah. Like, like, fuck you. Come on. Come but I mean, on, you look you know? at the people that are from Madrid and Barcelona like... Jonas Kopp and some of these guys that Furder, no Furder. Well, actually, Jonas and Furder are from Argentina. Ah, okay. But they're living out in Barcelona. That's what, okay. But yeah. like, that's, they play and produce that super hard stuff. Yeah, whole group yeah. style, basically. Oscar and all those guys, it's like, that's mm-hmm. that hard. They like it jacking. And <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, it was fun for me to play, but I figured, because I played 4 a.m. to 6 a.m., so I figured like, you know, 5.30, you could throwing like something a little housey or whatever to wake people up and they were just like fuck like, nope <laughs> <laughs> so i quickly shifted back into the techno gears and <laughs> well i mean like when i did my first closing set at Berghain, and i threw in a couple housey things and people were just like Mm-mm. like really? just did, like people like stop dead on the dance floor <laughs> oh I was wow like, like nope like try again i was like okie dokie yeah. we're gonna get out of that one <laughs> we'll get out of that one real fast <laughs> yeah sorry i mean i've i've actually had Pretty good luck with playing stuff there that I thought like I shouldn't really be getting away with this, but it all comes down to finding the right time. And I I think especially at that place, it's got to be like eight in the morning or something. That's where I learned my lesson. I was like, don't get too smart before uh, five a.m. Because that's the thing. Before then, you still just got (laughs) to no, you just got to put the hammer down, and then after that, you can (laughs) you can wiggle around a little bit. But yeah, I learned a lesson there. Like, don't play around Trent at four in the morning. It's just not gonna work. Yeah, (laughs) totally. But it's it's interesting because uh, I went there and saw Trunk Eight and Ben Sims do their assailants thing the mm-hmm. other weekend, and they were playing like a lot of party tracks because I remember when Sundays were a bit more like on the rave fun it's party Sunday tip. afternoon, uh, like five to nine, evening, yeah, yeah, and um, it was good to hear that like party vibe again. I mean, yeah, there was like nights of the jaguar and shit you know but like lots of just like feel good shit and they actually dropped a few house cuts that are like you know 
diva handbag sort of stuff but it no. worked like really well you Context, know what i mean it, yeah so it really all depends on like how you can deliver the message you know yeah yeah you gotta pick your battles yeah. <laughs> but uh so where have you guys been on the road lately as far as gigs uh, uh, wants to start? i went to bosnia recently really <laughs> yeah. how was that interesting it was an outdoor festival uh on the side of a ski slope where they did the Olympics in 1984. Wow. And the weather was really uncooperative. It was like raining. So they had to shut down a couple of the stages. And then for some reason, when I played the last day, it was like beautiful blue skies. Wow, so I got super lucky with that one. But it was interesting because, uh, you know, it's like I'm on the side of a ski slope. And I'm watching people snowboard down the hill and then kind of like pause before they get on the chairlift again and listen to music. It was a bit surreal. It almost felt... Uh, like you're in the display of a like a store, you know, yeah. and people are kind of browsing as they walk by. But uh, it was fun. But yeah, I didn't expect to be going to Bosnia ever. That's the thing. Sometimes <laughs> you end up in really cool places. You know? so, yeah, who knew? And it was fun. It was actually really good. Nice. So yeah, that was like the random last. It was a very last second trip. I filled in for somebody. So it was like confirmed on Thursday, fly on Saturday. Oh, wow. Yeah, I played. I closed Globus. And then pretty much went straight to the airport Oof. and flew to Sarajevo. I've had to do that a couple times, closing out at Trezor. And then, like, both times were to Minneapolis. And to do, a 12, yeah, to do a 12-hour flight after playing three, four hours minimum is... Yeah. In that really point, Trezor, where it's, like, super intense. Yeah, exactly. So, oof. But uh, what about you, Gabriella? Um, what did I do? Uh, before Berlin, I I went to France Montpellier mm-hmm. to play a gig. Um, actually, it was uh, it was the International Women's Day, <laughs> oh, yeah. so it was a full female lineup. Um, it was it was cool. It was interesting. I played a like a prime time set, and the, the 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 club was full. People reacted pretty well. I think they they liked it more hard, you know. Um, so at, at some point, as, as you, Dustin said, you know, I just had to drop some, you know, some belters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a, of course I assume it's different in every case and situation, so it's hard to generalize, but when you like, kind of know your cities after a while, well, yeah, that, that for sure. But I, w- I was thinking more in the sense, cause she brought up international women's day, like when it was an all women's lineup, did it feel any different for you in the sense that where it's like less i don't know like you could do whatever you need to do more or whatever like i don't i don't know you know what i mean because like there's always Mm -hmm. all guy lineups, so i don't really think anything of it but the thing is i i I didn't feel any pressure to be honest uh, from the audience um i i feel pretty comfortable but i mean I f- I feel pretty comfortable with 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 women and men, you know. Yeah. I I don't have any preferences. Okay. And the fact that I am doing this in this very male dominant industry means that I actually like like men, you know. Like mm-hmm. I I like to be a buddy with, you know, with, mm-hmm. with with you guys and with with the people, with the men working in this industry and of course with women. Mm-hmm. So for me it doesn't really make any difference, but that night I felt quite comfortable. Um Maybe it is because the audience was also quite curious. Is it going to work with all these girls, you know? Mm-hmm. Are they going to throw a good party? And 
so on and so on. So, yeah, I I had a lot of fun and um, nice. It is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, you said you're a resident in Belgium too. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a resident at the yeah. Club Ampere uh, in uh, in um, Antwerp. Uh, mm-hmm. We just started working together. So the first night I did was with DVS1 and with Marco Shuttle. So we 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 cooperated together. So I kind of brought Marco and they brought DVS1. So <clears throat> it was quite fun. I was super stressed out because I had to play I had to open and I had to play before two of my favorite artists. Uh and it was a big night for me. Actually, it was my biggest booking. Um to that time and then what what is that we did um then i play there again on new year's eve um <clears throat> with nina kravitz and uh, nikita zabelin uh, that was quite fun uh and now i'm playing there soon with chris liebing and we keep on working on some stuff for the future it's quite a spread yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly <clears throat> that's cool though it's cool. And then, uh, did you, you said you, I think you told me yesterday you were playing at, uh, was it Labyrinth soon? Yeah, I'm playing Labyrinth in Hasselt, which is also in Belgium. Yeah, the um, club, not the festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There's Labyrinth, a... yeah, the, the, the club. Um, oh, I think I'm playing with Luigi Madonna, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, it's my first time playing there. It's funny because the first time I went to that club was just one month ago when Zach DVS1 played there. Uh, I went to say hi. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I'm playing there. Playing yeah, there. I'm, I'm playing there. Yeah. Cool. Well, that worked out well then. No, the no, 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 no. It was, it was scheduled before that. So oh, it was okay. funny because we entered, you know, and we met yeah. the guy and, and Zach was like, yeah, uh, that's uh, you know that's one uh, upcoming artist. Yeah. You should keep an eye on her. And then the guy was like, uh, "Well, actually, she's playing for her for us." <laughs> so it was so nice. funny. Doing his homework, staying ahead of the curve. <laughs> uh, Eric, you brought up Labyrinth. Uh, did you go last year? Or was it? Well? I haven't been in a couple of years. Okay. It's always just kind of slipped past. Thinking me. of trying to get a ticket out there and hang out, or I would like to because every time I look, flights are actually cheap. That, well, they're cheap now, and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it this summer. I'm finally going to go for this festival. And then festival. They, they triple. And <laughs> then they triple, or else, like, there's there's always weddings in September for me. I don't know why. Like, every year there's at least one, and then there's, like, some trip that ends up sucking up my money, like Ibiza or something that I wasn't really big on to begin it's, with. But, I've just had know. these, like, comedy of errors every year where it's like, I want to go, and I'm going to save up for it, and then it's like, some catastrophe happens where it's like... Well, I got to buy a new laptop. Well, so fucking like, yeah. There goes that. So, not going to Japan this year. But I used to go like almost every year because I would always play in Australia right afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I would just make Japan like a layover. Yeah. Just stay for the weekend and then fly from from Japan to Australia. Wise. But now I go to Australia later in the year, so it's I usually go in November now, so it's past me. It's off. Yeah. So now it's like I get out of pocket trip. Japan. Are you, are you doing Detroit this year? I am. I'm actually going, well, I went last year, I played an after party last year, but that was the first time I've played in Detroit during the festival in like 11 years. Oh, crazy. (laughs) The last time I played in Detroit for the festival or or something festival related was 2006. 
Wow. And I played last year for the first time, so and now I'm playing again this year because they've got the uh bunker fifteen year. Okay. And it's uh me and Jane Fitz are doing a back to back. What night is that? The Monday night. Okay. Um yeah, it's me and Jane Fitz doing a back to back and uh Function and Adam X doing a back to back of only like late nineties New York. Kind of like they were trying to do in Panorama that one night. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um I guess this is announced. Where where is it at or are they hiding the location until That's at the tangent. Okay. Because it's kind of part of the whole like No Way Back crew, and they just basically have the whole weekend at Tangent. Is so? Is it is it um, No Way Out? No Way Back or No? I'm really <laughs> messing up this morning. I cannot do podcasts in the morning. I can't get her record title right. I forgot the name of my record. Uh, yeah. So No Way Back. It's but it's a different one, right? Because uh, it's multiple bunker parties then. Or well, No Way Back is No Way Back. Okay. I mean that's that's it's, the, that that's the is, interdimensional yeah. transmissions thing. But oh, then yeah. like. Bunker does the party on Monday. Same yeah. location, same sound system, same. Yeah. Kind of like the works is like a hard techno thing the whole weekend. Yeah. Basically. Always. Which, by the way, I'm doing Friday night, so get your tickets. It's going to sell out. <laughs> Shit's going to be wild. Which one is that? Is that the... I don't know what the name is. <laughs> I better not even try to butcher a third Good. name today. <laughs> You're in great shape today. Yeah. And I didn't even go out. <laughs> Imagine if you would have. Yeah. Well, well, I I did think about going out last night, and then I realized we we're doing a morning podcast. So that was a very good decision not to go out, a reason rather. Yeah. But uh, yeah, aside from that, that's Detroit. Get your tickets. Uh, I don't know. I've never been to Detroit. Yeah. Nope. Hmm. So. Um, Gotta go eventually. Oh, yeah. definitely. I mean, I don't go to the festival. I yeah. won't. I, the festival lineup is banal. Well, the thing is, <laughs> even the. the we're we're in a lucky position though because the names that are good there we can see on a weekly basis here. Well, there's that, but there's also I'm, I can't justify spending whatever hundred dollars to go see a couple people that I want. Sure, smashed in to play an hour. But hey, man, if you're coming from a small city in the states and you like you're lucky to get one headliner a year in town, like you go yeah, spend it's, all those ducats. It's you're worth your money. But the, that's like it's just it's been an after party thing for the last few years. Kind of has been like that since the beginning, though. There was a, there the weren't middle, really after was, parties in the first few years, though. True, but like by two thousand three or whatever, four, it started to become a thing. Yeah, and yeah. then like, and it got funnier because then it was like, I remember it was just Detroit people throwing after parties, and then out of nowhere, it was like Black Market and Resolute from New York were coming yeah. in to throw after parties, and people were getting all pissed off, like, "Why are you throw your own fucking party in your own city?" And this, and now it's there's actually. European promoters going over there and throwing yeah. parties now. And it's like, oh, dear. I mean, I, I tried to do a party in 2006. <laughs> well, I didn't try. I did one. Um, and I was really nervous with the fact because it's like it's never good when another promoter comes from another town and is like, I'm going to do shit on your turf. you yeah. know. But it was also one of those things where it's like there, we did a Friday night opening party. It was uh, we had. Echoplex, who didn't show Mark Verbos and Kay Alexi. Oh, Echoplex, didn't show. Thanks. Um, but anyway, uh, so we did that party. And uh, this was kind of, like, there wasn't a whole lot of opening parties going on at that point, which is why we did it. And it did all right, but, like, I felt it was People just aren't really weird. in town yet. Well, now they are. No, now people not, go no. from Friday to, yeah. to Tuesday. But it, actually, the party turned out all right. It did fine, but it was... I don't know. It was an okay party, in my opinion. Wasn't That's it? the thing is that you look at the laughter party lineups and it's or lists, and it's like 
granted, there's a lot of people in from out of town that are gonna want to keep partying, but yeah. there's a lot of fucking parties going on. Totally, and they're all spread out. Some of them, I look, I'm like, you don't really, really realize how big Detroit is. Yeah. <laughs> like, you picked a venue that's quite far away. Definitely, but, like you might have oopsied on that one. Same thing as here in Berlin, though. I mean, there's so many. If you look on Resident Visor. Like, on the weekend, on the weekend, there's like sixty parties on Friday and Saturday, or Saturday and Sunday. It's like Jesus Christ, like sixty, <laughs> eighty parties a weekend. Yeah, I mean, granted, the, a lot of those places are I've never heard of. Yeah, or there's like you know fifteen people there or something. But man, I've had some fun times with just fifteen people. So it might be might be all right. Maybe but. we're we should start looking at this in a different angle. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I still, I've I've been thinking about it a lot. Actually, this is a good thing to bring up. You're doing a weekly or a monthly, rather. I'm starting. I'm restarting yeah. a monthly. Yeah. Um, because I was like, man, it would be fun not to have like a big dance night, but like, because everybody goes out to the bar for a drink or mm-hmm. something, anyways. But it's like, spring a few records, kind of like old school friends hanging out. That's kind of what I'm going for. It's just, yeah. it's not meant to be a party. Yeah. It's Wednesday nights, and you just kind of like after work go have a drink with some friends and listen to some good music. But it's mainly to play. B-sides and shit. We all buy these records because they're fucking amazing, but we're in a position where we're not playing at 10 p.m. anymore, you know, yeah. with all these chill, deep house and techno records. So it's like, bring them out. I know you own them. So, like, totally. bring them out and play them. And it's, it's a nice spot. It's called Paloma Bar. It's been around for ages. It was uh, when we like first... Cotty, Cabooster Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been around forever, but they remodeled. They remodeled. It's, it's, it's awesome. much nicer now. When we first moved here, we went there and we were like... I get it. It's like a divey little hangout with cheap drinks, but they put in a decent sound system and remodeled it, and it's like it's actually it, pretty sweet now. Is, totally. is, it, is it on top of the the, the where the, the Kaisers river. is and yeah. all that shit over by yeah. Schneider's? It's oh, like yeah, yeah the there. third floor. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh-huh. I've they, been there they once. They redid it. Oh, okay. They they added a new floor. Mm. Too. Two floors. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually really like the little lounge floor the most, though. It's a fun little spot. Yeah, no, I mean, I really like it. It's, it's. You like it because it's a block away. That is exceptionally <laughs> true. But also, like, I'm not around a lot on the weekends. But what I am, and you don't want to fully commit to partying. And they got great lineups. Yeah, there's a lot dude, of cool... there's lots of good music, but it's all like very nerdy vinyl shit, mm-hmm. like PJ Sotofet and these kind of yeah. like uh, it's digger stuff and yeah. like the, the little more left of center, housey stuff. Exactly. But there's there's an opening for that around here, so people don't want to go to Bergheim. People don't want to queue up for three hours yeah. all the That's time. Crazy. Well, and dude, Sisyphus, Trezor, all these clubs are really, really long uh, queues to get in. Well, you know? you know what's funny is I was at. Don't ask me why, but I was at Trezor for three weeks in a row, and every time I walked up at like twelve o'clock, twelve thirty, and the queues all the way wrapped around the building. Oh yeah, it's to massive. the street, and I'm like. I go inside the club and there's like 50 people. Like, totally. I mean, part of that well, is show. Yeah. Like, but you can let these people in. And they're being so, everybody's got the judgmental door policy now. Even if they're like. like it was a long, it was there forever. Everybody always shits on Bergheim saying that like, oh, you know, they got this terrible door policy and whatever. Like, man, I've been denied from clubs in Berlin so many goddamn times. Like, I got denied I could, from CDV. Yeah. I, like, about <laughs> no like, all these places. Yeah. I got denied from Club Division Air, and I was just like, are you kidding me? And then it's <laughs> like, if, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, do you know who I am? Blah, blah, Come blah. I'm just that. like, you know what? I don't need to be going out tonight. Mm-hmm. Fuck this place. <laughs> I, love, I love going to Bergheim and watching the people that. 
stand in line with the like hundred euro note in oh, their yeah, hand. Yeah, like, like you're not gonna. If there's any one reason you're definitely not gonna get in, it's bribing your way. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, this is crazy. It's the first time I hear about that. I've is seen it true? a couple times. Oh yeah, good. If well, I'm like you know, if you're going today, that even the guest line your... is gonna be long. So just pay attention. The crowd watch it. It's really mm. interesting. That's good people. Anyone watching. you go to, really, any club. Um, I hope I don't have to wait for three hours though. You never know, man. I mean, sometimes I walk straight up yeah. and there's nobody there. And the other times it's like, Depends my God, this thing goes all the way back to the taxi stand. I'll never forget the, what, that tenure. Oh, dude, I stood <laughs> in the rain. That was it's the like, only time I stood out waiting. But like the, the main entry line went all the way back to the train station. Yeah. It was like a seven hour wait. <sighs> and people were standing in the rain for seven hours. You imagine standing in line for seven hours and being I stood told in line no. for two hours <laughs> and I couldn't like... I, me and Kyle Geiger went. I really was kind of like, I don't give a shit about going on tonight. I could easily go home. He's like, we're here, man. Let's just stick it out. We get When we finally got into the club, we had to take our socks off and like twist them out. Like, and water just came pouring out. Our feet were soaked. Then I'm already not having fun. I'm but like, here, but it ended you can up probably consult the socks. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. Because we, we were like completely drenched from the rain and inevitably going to get sick, we're just like, well... We did it. We're here. Let's make it worth it. And I think that's the one benefit of having to wait for four hours. When you get in, you're not like, oh, this fucking sucks. Like, even if the music is terrible, you're like, no, we just waited for four hours. We're going all We're the way. going hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what makes yeah. clubbing in Berlin a little special. Because mm-hmm. even if you go to a boat blank like Stab or something, you're going to be waiting in line. And then when you finally get in, you're like, all right. All bets are off. Let's do this shit. <laughs> I have to say that now, uh, living in Brussels, for, in Belgium, for instance, I I really miss that this excitement. You know, this the, this, the buzz. Yeah, the, the buzz. The, the, I'm awaiting for this moment. You know, not knowing what's going to happen. So, it's fun it, at it a certain extent. Of course, if you don't have to wait for three freaking hours. I mean, it's not all the time. It's not. All yeah. The time. I mean, it's a. Sp- it's a holiday weekend. And yeah. It's yeah. it's one of those Bergheim weekends that it's always a blowout. That, yeah, that goes and on And you kind of just know. Yeah. You just prepare. Like Sylvester and the anniversary of Christopher yeah. Street Day. You just know. May Day. It's going to be a shit show. And if yeah. you come and you expect it to be like a normal yeah. weekend. Sadly mistaken. Yeah. It's, <sighs> it's full tilt. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're not... Quite at the end here, but I know that she's got a hard out around one. So let's uh, let's start kind of catching up on uh, you know what's coming up and uh, what's currently available. Like, do you guys have any DJ mixes of podcasts or anything? I no. <laughs> time to fix that. Well, it's funny. I don't have a setup at home. If I if I had a setup at home, I'd probably make a podcast all the time. But I just have one turntable for queuing up records before I play a gig. See, so if I want to record a podcast, I gotta like. Find somebody that's home, and then they let me crash their place for a few hours. Or like, I gotta go to a club and record it, like on the off hours and stuff like that. And it's just it's hard to coordinate. I feel you the same way. So I went out and bought the whole DJ setup, and I never touch it. You never use it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what about you, Gabriel? I had some requests for podcasts and stuff, including some interviews. But to be honest, I am. Quite impossible, you know, to do that because um, yeah, I just have to write the, uh, to to find the right timing, and I still haven't found it yet. So I'm postponing, 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 and people are keep on asking me, 
yeah, are you ready? So uh, I'm not going to announce anything, but it's probably somewhere around summer. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you got to do it. You can't, yeah. can't turn down those opportunities. No, I'm not turning down anything. Well, not turn them down, but postponing. <laughs> there's a, I turned down a lot of shit when I was younger, and now I'm like, maybe I shouldn't turn that down. <laughs> there's, there's a pro and con to it all. You don't want to saturate it because then it's, it's too much. Of course. How does one stick out? You know? But I also, uh, to be very honest, um, uh, I also want you know the record to be out to begin with so I can have some solid base. Uh, that's very important for me. Totally it's the principle, you know, that I follow. So that's probably the reason why I'm a little behind. Right on. <laughs> um, and what about remixes and releases and all that kind of stuff? What can you guys talk about that's coming I've, coming up or just came out? Well, or? we've got the yet-to-be-announced compilation that we're both on. That's right. Uh, I've got a compilation for Brothers Black that I'm going to be on. I've got a remix for Alfredo Mazzilli that's coming out. I've got a remix on No Right Records that's coming out. And, oh, I, I'm on the, the Marcel Fingler compilation. That's Okay. That so you've got uh, a lot. Uh, I told you I've been like, I'm not fucking around. Busy. Well, there's there's the people who are saying, oh, yeah, I've been working on shit. And then there's people like, no fucking around. God, man. I've been, <laughs> it was a boring winter. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was cold and <laughs> shit. And I had nothing to do but work on music. That's great, though. Yeah, you know. So, um, gigs. Where can they catch you? At? Uh, in two weeks, I go to C twelve in Brussels. Are you gonna be around? Oh, I saw that. Yeah, see. Um, and then I go. I'm playing. Oh, I don't know if I can say it because it's also not announced yet. But I'm playing at a certain club in Lisbon okay. that's having their 20 year anniversary. Okay. And I'm closing after Rob Hood. Cool. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, what else do I have? There's uh, Detroit. I go to Japan for Paramount Festival, which is like a one-day thing. It's like me and Bicknell. When are you in Japan? May 20th, right before Detroit. I go to Japan, fly back to Berlin for a day, and then fly to Detroit. Oh, man. So if Eric's grumpy when you see him, you'll know why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll, you know what? I'm I'm excited to go back to Detroit because it's Oberon season, and I will be drinking all the Oberons <laughs> <laughs> I possibly can. That's the real reason why you're going there. Yeah, I'm not going to split hairs here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for Gabriella, what about you? Well, I don't have any remixes, um, but... I. I'm going to be remixed, obviously, by you. Yeah. Uh, Doubt and uh, Cosmic TRG. The, the, the remixes are on, on my on my EP, One Step Ahead. They're very different from each other, all three. Uh, and I, I think that, that that fulfills the whole... The, the whole um, it fulfills... It, it makes it um, complete. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my idea was to, like... Kind of introduce you to all <sighs> facets of the techno community. Thank you for doing and, that. It's a banger what you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that remix I did on on this laptop, and it's old and not very powerful anymore. So I, I ran out of computing power. So I basically <laughs> was like, "Well, the remix is done now," because it was like stuttering. And I'm like, "Well, all right, that's I can't do anymore." Yeah. No, it sounds perfect. Thank you for that. Uh, then the other thing is. Um, <clears throat> Uh, the boring shit track that uh, went for the fabric mix. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be remixed uh, by uh, DJT One Thousand, Alan Oldham. He he brings up two two remixes. 
um that's on tema recordings um and then i play i play as i said uh i'm paired with chris living and then uh, hustled and then i'm having my first festival um a little later in june it's also in belgium then i play september laundry day festival they just announced announced it it's quite big i'm gonna play on the techno stage with some really big ass techno guys i'm quite nervous you should be yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then i play uh and then i play a little uh, dimensions festival after party so that's gonna be pretty interesting and we're working on some more exciting projects awesome and what about you dustin uh, well, thank you for asking. I have a lot, actually. Uh, I just had records come out on Parable. Me and Joel Mole did a record together. Uh, my remix for her is obviously out this week. And uh, I have a release on Radio Slaves Records label that comes out in April. Uh, I actually don't have the details on that in front of me, but it's coming. It's called Take the Throne. Uh, Gigs-wise... Uh, the 14th, I'm in Glasgow, or 13th, Trezor, Berlin, 14th, Glasgow, uh, Milwaukee for the first time in seven years wow. on April 20th. Going See home. What's going on. Yeah, going <laughs> home. And that is also because the next weekend in Minneapolis, I'm going to be doing a 20-year party for Intellifunk. It's the promotion company that we do. That's uh, that's going to be a pretty big warehouse rager. We got Carl Meyer, Ambivalence, and... Um, hyperactive a bunch of names it's like basically headliners from start to finish so that'll be good and then uh right after that it's flying to sugar factory in amsterdam so busy april oh la la yeah um remixes wise i do have stuff coming out but i don't remember off the top of (laughs) my head the good news is though is i uh i do more of these podcasts so i'm sure you hear about on the next episode i gotta pump this shit (laughs) promote 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 exactly um, if people want to find you, I'm sure just Google your names, right? Any... Yeah, if you Google my name, you, you're going to either get a hockey player or a poker player. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so otherwise... Uh, it's me. Yeah, <laughs> Paranoia is the name of your record label. Yep. Um, is her record up next or is there one before it? Or Hers is up next. Okay, yeah. so stay tuned for that one. And what was the one that just came out? Uh, Orb came out in January and uh, Andrew Simeon was in February. Okay. Man, Orb is killing it right now. He's, you know, he's him dope. And Eduardo, yeah, they make he's just like really dope. cool, dubby, spacey, trippy, weird time signature fucking. Exactly. So definitely check that stuff out. Um, yeah, I think that's it. We're out. You guys, thank you for coming by, and uh, you're always welcome back. Thanks for having. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>